What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins today on the Wednesday, August 24th edition of the show. An updated 53-man roster projection for the Miami Dolphins as they get ready for their showcase against the Philadelphia Eagles and the start of the regular season against the New England Patriots in the next couple of weeks. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. And today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, it's all about a roster projection. It's all about trying to wrap our heads around where this roster is at right now, what the players who are playing for those bottom eight to 10 spots on the roster are playing for and really identifying uh, who is making headway onto making this Dolphins active game day roster. And uh, I have an updated 53-man roster projection. We will do it again after the Eagles next week uh, based on any significant changes that come down the chute. Uh, and that is going to allow us, when the cuts do eventually become made, and then the waiver wire process happens, uh, you'll be able to wrap your head around uh, who made the roster, why they made the roster. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to putting um, my general manager hat on my Chris Greer hat to uh, try to prognosticate uh, where we're going to go from here. Now, the Dolphins yesterday did make a slew of moves. They put two players on injured reserve, John Lovett, the, the second fullback on the roster. And uh, that wasn't necessarily a surprise, but cornerback Mackenzie Alexander, who the team signed last week, is now also on injured reserve. They are both done for the year. That was two of the five roster spots the Dolphins had to clear yesterday by 4 p.m. Those other three positions were opened up by cutting safety Sheldrick Redwine, punter Sterling Hofkricker, and linebacker DeAndre Johnson. So we're at 80 players. Going to have to cut, I'm not a math guy, 27 players. Uh, the next time you've got to do cuts. So more than 25% of your roster is going to get cut in the next week and a half. It's a really stinky time uh, for the NFL life cycle. But, you know, we, we've taken our best stab right here, right now, at what that's going to look like. Um, we're going to talk macro first. We're going to acknowledge the... Uh, the last five off as well. Uh, there were some really hard decisions that I ultimately did make. Uh, we have a 26-24-3 split. 
So we have 26 offensive players, 24 defensive players, and three special teams specialists, a kicker, a punter, and a long snapper. That's how we've broken up, and that, that's how this roster projection uh, is currently divided, if you will. Um, I really had a hard time with two spots in general, so much so that they are labeled as free agent slash waiver wire additions. <laughs> uh, that is another cornerback spot with the uh, transaction that resulted in Mackenzie Alexander be placed on injured reserve his season over before it even really started. And this swing tackle spot. Now I do have a couple players on the, the 53 who have some tackle eligibility. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. Uh, but like Keon Smith and Larnell Coleman, neither one of those made this roster spot and, and neither did Greg Little. Like, I think you need a better, you need a better player, whether that's somebody off waivers or that's a street free agent or via trade. Um, so let's go ahead and we'll, we'll take the walk through this. We'll do the 26 offensive players first and just know I greatly struggled uh, with the dynamics of the tight end room, the running back room, and the offensive line backups, the, the, develop, the, the swing players on the offensive line. These were areas that I had a hard time. And it's nice to have a hard time, not because you don't have any quality options, but in some cases you have too many quality options. So quarterback, I have three quarterbacks on the 53-man roster, much to uh, the joy of every Skylar Thompson stand that has been established over the course of the last uh, three weeks or so. Tua Tungo, Loa, Teddy Bridgewater, and Skylar Thompson. All on this active roster. That's three. We got 50 left. Stick with me. Backs. Backfield skill players. I have four total, but that includes Alec Ingle. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Alec Ingle. I genuinely think because of the way the practice squad structures are set up, you could have the opportunity to elevate an additional back that you are able to sign to the practice squad on any given week to have the peace of mind of a fourth back that's available to you. But given the financial situation of Miles Gaskin, uh, given what I think is a little bit more of a one-dimensional skill set with Savan Ahmed, I think there was enough here for me. Saquandra Wright, you know, maybe that's the guy that you end up getting on. Like, I would love to get Savan on the the way the uh, practice squad list. I don't know that you'd get away with that, given the fact that he's played some NFL football and been a con uh, contributing player. But that was how I negotiated in my head. And again, this is what I would do at this point in time. This is not necessarily. This is exactly how the Dolphins are going to play it out. But this is me. Assessing the roster, assessing the financials, assessing the play in the preseason, assessing the play at training camp as best as I possibly can. I am not going to lose sleep over having a fourth, your fourth back being a practice squad player that you can elevate on any given game day. So that's four backfield players. So that's seven backfield players between three quarterbacks and four backs. Now, this is the price that you pay when you carry three quarterbacks. Right. So everybody, you know, I understand. Well, you know, we, we really need a fourth back. I get it. 
but do you want Skylar Thompson or don't you? And that was kind of how I negotiated that individual maneuver. Which brings us to wide receiver. Uh, I have six wide receivers on the roster. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson, Eric Ezukanma, Trent Sherfield. Number six, dot, 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 dot. Dramatic effect. Lynn Bone Jr. I think the special teams dynamic for him is a really big dividing factor between him and Mohamed Sanu, who, let's be honest, Sherfield and Ezukama make a little bit more expendable. I understand they just brought him in and he has experience in the system, but Ezukama and Sherfield's got experience in the system too, and Ezukama's playing lights out. And him makes having a guy who is a little bit more of a gadgety special teams type player a more viable option for me if I'm making decisions that I'm the Dolphins. So that is uh, a grand total of 13 players with another four tight ends making this roster. Mike Gusecki, su surprise of nobody. Hunter Long, surprise of nobody. Durham Smythe, surprise of nobody. And Seathan Carter. And I think the reason for me, and I know that's not necessarily a popular opinion because a lot of people really like Tanner Connor. I think Tanner Connor's a perfect practice squad type player. And I would be stunned if any team put him on their active roster amongst the influx. Think about this. 32 teams in the NFL, and every single team is going to have to cut 27 players. I'm not a math guy, and I'm, I'm not even going to try it. What is 32 times 27? 864 players. You're going to have 864 players flood free agency when these cutdowns happen. And you think in the midst of all of that, we're going to take a pass catcher who's a plus athlete, but transitioning to a new position from Idaho State and put him on your active 53-man roster? I'd roll the dice. I'd play the game. And Seathan Carter, for, for what he's going to bring in special teams and also as uh, a player who I, I think can have some value as a movable piece. You know, you, you can line him up at fullback. You can line him up at H-back. You can line him up on the wing. I think there's enough different things, and you saw that in the first preseason game against Tampa Bay, that that maneuverability for him and then the special teams dynamic to keep some of your other skill players off teams is a spot that I'm willing to invest and commit to. So that's a grand total of 17 skill players. And I already said we've got 26 offensive players, so that means we've got nine offensive linemen to dig into next. But before we get there, as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can find the right people for you to interview and potentially hire simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to 
faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Our nine offensive linemen, and then we'll do our specialists, and then we'll do our 24 defensive players. And I found more solace in having an unbalanced split and not doing 25 and 25, knowing full well that this defensive group has the amount of versatility that it does because that has been a point of emphasis in the construction of the defense and the vision that it has had for the last three years, working year over year over year to give you this end result. Makes it a little easier to put an extra name. If I were to take one name off the offensive side of the ball to have another defensive player, it probably would be Stephen Carr. But our offensive line, you obviously have the five projected starters at this point, Teron Armstead, Liam Eikenberg, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson. Your next best offensive lineman in my mind is Michael Dieter. Can play all three of the interior spots. But here's a fun fact you might not have known about the next name that I have on this list, which is Adam Pankey. Adam Pankey is capable of playing all five spots on the offensive line. And I thought he has been quietly steady when he has gotten his opportunities throughout the course of this summer. Adam Pankey makes my 53, but not as your swing tackle, as another utility offensive lineman. The fact that he can play five spots, that's clutch, especially because the next guy that I have is a guy who, quite frankly, could play two spots tops and they're both guard Solomon Kinley which I did not expect to find myself in these shoes suggesting to all of you that in a wide zone style system Solomon Kinley would warrant 53 man roster projection but if you can't get something of significance for him here's what I will say for Solomon I think he has comfortably outplayed Robert Jones through two preseason games. And I understand that Robert Jones is probably a little bit more of a flexible personnel piece for you. You know, he played tackle at Middle Tennessee State. I understand that. But he has struggled in my eye in the same light that Larnell Coleman and Keon Smith have really struggled when the depth players get out on the field. The effectiveness of Robert Jones is not equal. It's not equal to that of Solomon Kinley, particularly in pass protection. And it's not close right now. And for that reason, I would keep Solomon unless you can get something of significance for him. The one spot I have not acknowledged, Armstead, Eichenberg, Williams, Hunt, Jackson, Dieter, Panky, Kindley is your swing tackle spot. And that's because I don't think this player is on the roster. I'm going to reserve this spot for a player via trade, for a player via street free agency, or for a player via waiver wire claims. I do not think the Dolphins' backup primary swing tackle is currently on the roster 
based on the quality of the play and the quality of the options that exist. Maybe it will be Greg Little. If it's anybody on the roster, I would hope it's Greg Little, but even then, you understand Greg Little is going to come with his own set of limitations as a player. And that's okay. A lot of players have limitations. But the ceiling of Greg Little is only so high, but more importantly, the floor for Greg Little does not dip into a level of play that I would have concern with, which I don't know that I can confidently say for both Larnell Coleman and for Keon Smith. So that's your 26 offensive players. We have three specialists, and there's no surprise here, which is why I wanted to sandwich it in the middle and just be efficient. Kicker, Jason Sanders. Punter, Thomas Morstead. Long snapper, Blake Ferguson. Done. That is 29 of your 53 players on this 53-man roster projection, which is, of course, the number the Dolphins are going to have to get down to after they play the Eagles in the preseason game, and they've got joint practices this, uh, this next couple of days. So you have a really good evaluation against the Philadelphia Eagles. Looking forward to it. Let's start up front for the Dolphins' defensive front. I currently have them kind of light on what they have inside. Christian Wilkins, Raquan Davis, Zach Sealer, John Jenkins. You want to put Emmanuel Ogba in this group because he's a, a guy who will play reduced inside of offensive tackles? That's fine. But I'm going to put the rest of the guys in the edge group. So that means we did not have Ben Stilley, who has showcased himself well, uh, has not been a player who. Um, Benito Jones, these players omitted from this projection. Again, I think you could probably stash both of those guys when it's all said and done. Maybe a team devoid of talent would take a shot on Stilly. Your edge rushers, your hybrid linebackers. I've got five names there on the defensive linemen. Melvin Ingram, your interior defensive lineman, I should say. Got Melvin Ingram, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, and Port Augustine as the group of core four edge defenders, if you will, hybrid outside pass rusher types, which gives you a grand total of nine front players to work with. Wilkins, Davis, Sealer, Jenkins, Agba, Ingram, Phillips, Van Ginkle, Porter Gustin. That group for me, I feel really, really good about. Uh, I struggled greatly with the last spot between Porter Gustin and Brennan Scarlett and Cameron Good. That was a hard decision. I am certainly looking forward to providing the rest of the NFL cooperates, putting Cameron Good on my practice squad. I think he can be a really good player. He showcased himself particularly well. But that's nine players on the front, plus another five players as stack 
linebacker types, which you do the math, that means you've then got 9, 5, 14, 10 DBs to work with. Again, stick with me, not a math guy. Your linebackers, your stack linebackers, Jerome Baker, Elena Roberts, Channing Tindall, Duke Riley, Sam McGuavin. I don't think there's necessarily any surprises in that group of players. Uh, there's certainly not anybody that you're dropping off that I'm losing any particular amount of sleep over. Uh, the only stat, the only true stack backer that's left is Calvin Munson, who's waived. So that gives you a really, really strong front seven. Obviously, we've talked about the linebacker spot. I think Tyndall has showcased enough, and you're kind of getting a little bit of a vision for what they like to use him for, I think especially with how they play the Raiders and all the spy reps that he had down there. Um, but there's scheme versatility. You could put Davis, Jenkins, Wilkins, and Sealer. You could put them on the nose. You could put all of those guys on a four-eye, which is inside shade on an offensive tackle. I'd feel good about Sealer, Wilkins, or Emmanuel Agba uh, playing a base defensive end. Strong side between a tackle and a tight end. You've got speed in Van Ginkle. You've got versatility in Melvin Ingram. You've got explosiveness and power and bend in Jalen Phillips. You've got versatility on the back end with Jerome Baker. You've got a speed player in Duke Riley. You've got a pressure player and a core special teams player in Aguavin. You've got a promising rookie in Channing Tindall, and you've got a hammer in Elena Roberts. I like that distribution of talent. There was not a lot of areas for me to lose sleep over the back seven. But uh, one way I do lose sleep is trying to prioritize and uh, strategize how I'm going to bet for sports on any given day. BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we have our secondary, 10 players. I'm going to start with the safeties. We're going to do the 10, and then we're going to acknowledge the first five players off of this list. The, or the, I should say the last five players off of this list. Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe, and Elijah Campbell are my four safeties that make this roster. Campbell making a really strong push on special teams, and I think he has more coverage upside than what you have in a player like Clayton Fesulum, who is one of the players who is just off. And I understand Fesulum plays the up back on the punt team. I get it. But I think you have enough other options there that make him an expendable player, especially given that he is not the lightest of salaries of players that you could be parting ways with and cutting. There's a little bit more room and, and margin to be gained by transitioning away from him. And Campbell is a young third-year player who has a lot of promise and has excelled on teams in the past. Cornerback, six names, six spots. 
He's the last six spots on the 53-man roster projection. Xavier Howard, no surprise. Byron Jones, we're still operating under the assumption that he is back in time for the start of the regular season. If he is not, he would presumably go on the PUP list and miss the first three games of the season, three or four, four games of the season. Uh, either way, that's not a world you want to live in because you have the Bills and the Bengals in weeks three and weeks four. You don't want to have to live that life. Although I will say, I feel pretty confident in the Dolphins' ability to match up against the Patriots and the Ravens' wide receivers in the absence of Byron Jones to play man-to-man coverage. But those other two teams, you're going to need all the horses, and you're going to need them healthy. So we're living in a world that Byron Jones is available. Nick Needham, no surprise here, your slot corner. Your CB4 as it stands right now is Keon Crossan, and I like him in that spot. I'd like him even more if he was CB5. And in the same way that I reserved a spot for a player not currently on the roster for the Dolphins at offensive tackle, I have currently reserved a spot for a corner, and I'm sure the Dolphins will probably sign a corner in the time that I recorded this at 9 p.m. on Tuesday night and the time you listen to this podcast, and we'll know who that player is. But whether that is a vet, via trade, or via waiver claim. I have a reserve spot at outside corner for a player who is not currently under contract. (sighs) Which leaves us one spot. Some notable names that have not been acknowledged yet. Jerome McKinley, Quincy Wilson, Noah Igbenogany, Cater Kuhu, Kohu. And I am going to give this spot to the UDFA from Texas A&M Commerce. Cater Kohu really impressed me with how he played against the Raiders. And as a sixth defensive back, as a guy who you would presumably only ask to play in the slot, for a guy who's going to play a ton of special teams, the scrappiness, the energy, the short area quickness, the stickiness at the top of hard angled breaks on the stems, those things move the needle for me. Obviously, this means the Dolphins would be parting ways uh, in some capacity with Noah Igbenogany, and I have reached that point. I have made peace with the sample size of information that we have gathered to this point in time. And for me, it's not worth the, the, the $1 million that you would save by keeping him on the roster against the, the salary cap, by accelerating that guaranteed money, by cutting him, if you can't get a trade partner. If you can get a trade partner, run, run it in to the league office as quickly as you can. Uh, that was not even one of the five players that was the five last off the list in my mind. Uh, the five players that I want to acknowledge is the five most difficult players to not find a spot for. Savan Ahmed at the running back position. Mohamed Sanu at wide receiver. Ben Stilley, the UDFA from Nebraska. Brennan Scarlett, the hybrid linebacker type. Uh, Porter Gustin is in effectively a direct competition with him in my mind for one spot. 
and Clayton Feshlin, but I've already mentioned the financial implications of, of cutting him or waiving him uh, will open up a little bit more money versus your standard uh, minimum salary player. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. This is my assessment of the team. These are the decisions that I would make. Uh, next week when we do this, it'll be a little bit more through the predictive lens of exactly what we think it's going to look like. Uh, there will be a lot of overlap. You know, we, we did the exercise earlier this summer where we said, okay, you look at the entire offseason roster, how many players would you bet are locks to make the 53 when it's all said and done? And it left you with about 10 names, 10 to 12 names uh, that you had some wiggle room to say, yeah, these 12 are up for grabs. And you can kind of put certain position groups in lumps together and say you'll get two out of this group and one out of this group and so on and so forth. I generally expect there will be 46 to 48 players that overlap. 48 to 49, probably, players that overlap from this version, which is my assessment of the team and how I would choose to tackle what you have ahead of you versus what the predictive outlook will look like. So that will be not quite as, here's a list of players, here's a list of players, but more talking about why, it's, why my process might be different than the team's. I'm looking forward to having that conversation. I hope you are too. Make sure you hit subscribe. We have Power to the Pod tomorrow, mailbag episode. Plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it. Fins up. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.